2: Everybody, welcome to Big Blend Radio's first Thursday travel to Larry County show with the Sequoia Tourism Council. So Tulare County is in Central California in the San Joaquin Valley, and it's got all kinds of cool agricultural communities with historic downtowns, just a beautiful destination to visit. But it's also home to Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, the Giant Sequoia National Forest and the Sequoia National Forest. And so check out the website, discoverthesequoias.com, the best place to go to plan your adventure. And today our show is going right to the parks. We're very excited. Uh, we've got Cynthia uh, Kawasaki Yi joining us, and normally she's on the phone, so finally we get to actually see her in her park uniform. <laughs> she is a public affairs officer for Sequoia and Kings Canyon National Parks, and their website is nps.gov forward slash seki. So, welcome, Cynthia. How are you? Great. It's nice to see your faces yeah you, you too. We just want a uniform like yours. I don't normally like uniforms, but park ranger uniforms I don't know. I think we all want one <laughs> it's, it's the rock star look, you know
1: it's easier when you're in your office and you, know,
2: yeah. you know yeah out it's... in
1: the park sometimes in the in the dress uniform
2: ah yeah. the, uh, so isn't isn't the isn't the sequoia park on the the logo of the of n p s like the park yes, service yeah, it's a tree yeah. and the bison yeah it's because your parks are one of the first yellowstone is about 150 and then
1: what is yeah and then king's canyon's got to be right there in sequoia right yes we are we are up there so we were uh sequoia was the second national park established and so we uh we've been here for a long time and we hope people are able to come out and visit us
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year was really rough. I know we got to go to the park and it was spring um, in April last year. Absolutely beautiful. The red bud was in bloom and it just, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous time. But then right after that, I definitely all the fires happened. So I do want to touch on that so people know the parks are open now, right? I know it depends on the roads, right? Because <laughs> I know everyone's yeah. going to hear this first, uh, first Thursday in April, but um, I know some of the roads might be closed because of snow, so it's always good to go to the website, right, number
1: one. Mm-hmm. And you never know. I mean, we've had snowstorms come through middle, end of May, just, you know, and you just, it's very unexpected. Actually, today, uh, the day we're recording in uh, end of March, it we got a lot of snow today, so we had to close the road between the parks, which had opened a couple weeks ago, so Yeah, but we have, you know, information on our website. And we have a number of people can call on the morning that they're driving up and it'll tell them exactly what's open and closed. I think hopefully by April, we'll we'll be open and ready for visitors.
2: Awesome. Awesome. And so when you talk about, you know, the the park well because sequoia i always say i have got so used to your website <laughs> you know it's s-e-k-i everybody uh but sequoia and king's canyon you've got like sequoia national forest in the middle and then you know giant sequoia national monuments all this is like four major hubs all together protecting these giant trees but it is very easy just to go on the general's highway to go from king's canyon into the forest into the park and See, like the General Grant, which is, you know, one of the most iconic trees, and then the General Sherman and, the, and go into the giant forest. So it's pretty, It's in, for those who are worried that they have to go backpacking, you can go on a scenic drive and keep it easy.
1: Oh, definitely. And there's so many, you know, a lot of these features are right off the highway. So it's, you know, within a few hours, you can drive through the parks and only make a couple stops if you really wanted to, but you get so much you know, you do get the Forest Service. There's a little bit of everything along the way uh, to experience nature, but maybe from the comfort of your own car, or maybe you stay in one of the lodges, or you camp, uh, you know, in one of the campgrounds, but you don't need to go into wilderness. We do have a very extensive wilderness area, but we, so we were we're able to cater to a lot of different visitors, uh, but if you want to just drive in and come for the day, or come for a couple days, and only do the you know the easy paved trails and see you still get to see the the most iconic trees that we have mm-hmm. in both parks uh, the general uh, grant tree and the general sherman tree
2: and you have to do it because pictures are good but it's not the same
1: they don't do the trees justice there's mm-hmm. nothing like standing next to one or underneath right. one or or touching one mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so to, uh, talk about touching the trees. How many people on average does it take to hug a tree? A, a giant? I mean, cause these are the
1: largest trees right on earth by volume. Yeah, I think it took, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it took over a dozen uh, high school students to wrap uh, around the General Sherman tree at one point. So these are, are pretty, pretty big trees by volume. Ooh, wow. They're not the tallest, but they're very, very big. <laughs>
2: I, so the coastal redwoods are pretty tall aren't they the tallest and we were just there they're,
1: they're the tallest
2: mm-hmm. I know just we were like hours away. yeah you see that's the whole thing you can do the whole like if you want to really trip out you can go through Joshua Tree National Park and get the Joshua Trees right which are not trees mm-hmm. but they are like crazy cool and then you can go up through the sequoias and then into the redwoods and it's you know, we were just in the redwoods and um, we were hugging those trees going, we just saw your cousins. <laughs> and they're all beautiful. I mean, it's just completely a different thing. So it's kind of a that would make a nice road trip to do. I think you'd get a Definitely. you'd get to see a lot. There's so much ocean. to see in
1: California. We're very lucky here.
2: And Pinnacles. I always tell people that you're not far from Pinnacles National Park, Yosemite. I mean, Death Valley. There's like this huge mm-hmm. route you could do if you're road tripping it, you know.
1: Yeah, Pinnacles is one of our hidden gems. Not a lot of people know about that park. Yeah, just a couple hours from from here. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things to put on your list. And is that, you know, because
2: you guys are pretty close. Um, I was reading that you get the California condors in your park, too.
1: Yeah, we had a really cool sighting, uh, you know, uh, during, I think it was right before we reopened, you know, that first year of COVID, we were closed for for several a few weeks. And so right before we opened, we had just happened to have someone drive up into Giant Forest near Moor Rock. And they were able to photograph these condors just hanging out at the top of Moor Rock. And it was such a uh, special sighting uh, uh, and very unexpected. So yeah. Uh, it was one of those okay. wildlife sightings during during COVID times when there were no visitors in the park. And yeah, it was great.
2: That's lucky. It's lucky they they are special. I mean, the California condors. I know it was like a whole zoo program where they're rehabilitating, and then also breeding and then releasing them. and And you're not that far. And if for a condor, it's probably five seconds flight from Pinnacles to you. You know, it's really really close. But you know, so the parks. You know, spring summer is a magical time. It's Nancy and I. Nancy, remember we went hiking to the waterfalls. I think it was Marble Falls. Am I getting it right? Marble. It was.
1: Um, mm-hmm. yeah is it is it getting to that time frame yet later. yeah I mean we have had some pretty warm weather um, and I think by March I'm sure it'll it'll warm up some more. We got some snow today but as soon as that snow starts to melt it starts coming down the mountain and rushing down so it's it's a beautiful sight it's a it's a danger it's get, can be pretty dangerous if we we're standing too close to the river we've had a lot of incidents where people, slight, you know slip into the river accidentally the rocks near the river's edge are are really slippery but it's beautiful it's such a beautiful time of year to come in the early spring to go down into king's canyon down to cedar grove and see the waterfalls down there and drive alongside the river it's 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 beautiful. one of my favorite times of year to be in the parks
2: so you have two rivers, right? You've got Kings and Kern River. And I was reading, I I didn't even get this. I mean, how many times have we been to the park and done shows with you and park rangers over the years? I didn't know they were wild and scenic reserve. Uh, you know, actual rivers, these wild rivers. and scenic mm-hmm. ones. That's super lucky to have that. And so in the national park, do you get to get in the water in the national park at all or I know I put my aid in the too. water and it was cold. It was super cold.
1: <laughs> in the spring and early summer, it's very, it's very, very cold water. It's snow melt water and the currents are really strong. So we don't recommend anyone get near the water early in the summer, in the spring. Uh, but once you get to fall later in the summer, in the fall, once the water start to calm down and uh, they warm up a little bit, I think. They're still pretty cold, but people, you know, get so hot, especially down at the lower elevations in the foothills of the parks over in Cedar Grove that people, you know, love to get into the water and enjoy it, but definitely not recommended early in the spring or summer. It's pretty dangerous actually. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, That was cold. I mean, we, we were, it was like a hot day when we went up hiking there and we got to this one area where you could just dangle your feet in and I'm like, Oh, that looks (laughs) so good. And then I'm like, no <laughs> do not do cool. this do yeah. not do this oh man so a lot of opportunity for hiking um like you were talking about um easy trails that are paved so like you know the big trees trail is probably one of the most popular one for people mm-hmm. then that's a- even accessible you know so if you're uh, pushing a-, a child in a stroller or if, you know someone in a wheelchair this is pretty accessible for people
1: We take a lot of pride in our accessibility here in the parks. We have quite a few accessible trails. We have an accessibility guide that's available in visitor centers. It's also available on our website. And it really just covers all of the accessible facilities and trails and things to do uh, when you're in the parks. It really, you know, lines it out for people to make it a a more enjoyable experience. And so Mm -hmm. we have, you know, we provide headsets, uh, crystal Cave. Parks Conservancy uh, does a really good job with having headsets and iPads available for the Crystal Cave tours. Unfortunately, those are gonna be closed this year, but in the future, when those are open, with Ranger programs, we also have uh, headsets that people can wear. And so, yeah, wherever we can Hmm. make things more accessible, that's been something we've been very, uh, working really hard the last few years. That's awesome.
2: Tell tell us a little bit about, um, I know, Parks Week comes up in April, April sixteenth through the twenty fourth. It also encompasses Earth Day is in there on April twenty second. But National Park Week doesn't it kick off with a fee free day?
1: Yes, I I love sharing our fee free days because it's such a great opportunity, especially if you're local or have a national park that's local to you, wherever wherever you are uh, visiting for free. I mean, the entrance fee is you know thirty dollars can be pretty steep for some families, and so being able to come up for free is a great opportunity. So April 16th is the first day of National Park Week and that's a fee-free day. And then we also have uh, the the one after that is in August, uh, August 4th. And so we have a couple days in spring summer where people can come to the parks for free and, Mm. and find their park.
2: Okay, and then what about for kids, junior ranger programs? We love the, we like to do them. How many adults do them do you think? (laughs)
1: i think we get a good assortment of of ages people you know it's really fun to get the book and then get the badge at the end and so uh we really encourage especially uh the kids to get i think it makes it a little bit more interesting as they're visiting and it gives them things to look for as they're driving through the parks and so hopefully it becomes a more engaging experience for them and so yeah we have junior ranger day we're having an event on april 23rd in the foothills of Uh, Sequoia National Park. And so we usually uh, set up in the picnic area across the street from the visitor center. We have booths uh, representing the different uh, programs in the parks and some of our partners. And it's a really fun day. It's a really great way to start your day. So if you come at the, you know, at the beginning of your visit and stop by the event and then drive up the hill from there, it's, it makes for a really fun day.
2: Mm. I like it for uh, families to get out there and, and even go camping, whenever they can. You know,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, and our most of our uh, campgrounds will be open this year. Everything's on recreation.gov, and so it's that's the best way to to book a reservation. Reservations can be made up to a month in advance. So reservations open, you know, those thirty days in advance, and. People can come and if you happen to come and you're here and you didn't make a reservation, we still recommend you find we have Wi-Fi at some of our visitor centers or before you come into the park. It doesn't hurt to just check one last time before you head into the park to see if someone had you know, canceled their reservation or there's a last minute oh. opening that you can take up because we are going to be taking day of reservations this year um, online oh. on recreation.gov. If they, if they happen to be open.
2: And speaking about reservations, don't you have to have a permit if you want to go backpacking in the wilderness, do you kind of have to look at that in advance, not just show up in the park and say, okay, I'm going off in a wonderland adventure for a couple days.
1: Definitely. Yeah. We do go into our quota season in the summer for wilderness trips. So we've tried to consolidate everything into recreation.govs. And so if you want to pay for your park entrance, in advance to speed up your wait time in line. If you want to book a campsite, if you want to book a wilderness trip, everything is on on recreation.gov. So we've tried to make it more streamlined than in previous years. Mm.
2: I didn't know that. That's pretty cool that you can do that online. Yeah. You know, some of the state parks we've noticed as we're traveling across, I think it was Florida, like oh, you can buy it right online. And, and for us, you know, it's a business expense. So we like how we can, the, the IRS is getting a big pile of park receipts from Nancy and I this year. It's, like, it's our, one of our biggest fees. It's like here at parks. But it's really good uh, when you can buy, um, you know, also just do it right there. I, everybody should get their annual pass if they can. I think it's one of the Absolutely. best gifts you can do. And if you think about Earth Day and National Park Week, it's a good time to go, buy a pass, and I like to do it in person in the store if you can, because in the park itself, the, doesn't the money go right back into the park where you purchase it too? And you get the little car, yeah. which is cool. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely recommend getting it at, You can get it at the entrance stations and when you're driving in. And so if you're planning on doing a few different trips, just kind of add up the the cost of those fees per site and see if it's a better deal to just get a, an annual pass. Mm-hmm. And you can just always get it at your first park and then have it for the rest of the year.
2: It'd make a great gift. Especially for Earth Day and days like that. That'd be super
1: mm-hmm. I like
2: it. And and what about um, you know, spring summer, we're talking about, you know, all these different, you know, attractions. You've got the waterfalls, there's definitely the hikes. Um, what about Crystal Cave? Am I reading that is closed this year for a while until all the renovations or rehab is done after the fires?
1: Yeah, that area sustained quite a bit of fire damage uh, from the KNP complex fire. And so that's going to be closed this year. We're hoping to get that trail work underway and have it ready to open on time for next year in 2023. Uh, but we'll just have to see how things go this year. There's a lot of work. It'll that's going to be a different experience this year as people are coming up through the parks and you know seeing some of these burn areas because they did, you know, right along the highway, a lot of the areas uh burned and so you'll see, you'll see fire damage, you know, wherever you are in the parks this year. It doesn't, isn't really affecting uh, things as far as opening goes. Uh, you know, most facilities and trails and things will be open, uh, but once you get up, you know, but there will be some trails where you, you will see signs that say, warning, you know, fire area where the trail is open, but we're just warning you there may be some fire damage along the trail or some of the trails that, that need to stay closed for a little bit because the fire damage was so intense. There's a couple trails out in Giant Forest near Moor Rock, Crescent Meadow, uh, where the fire uh, came up the hill. So it's just mm-hmm. something to keep in mind as you're coming out. But most of the trails, most of the facilities, things will be open for the summer. And, you know, we when
2: the fire was happening, it, it was interesting because we all had to learn like a little bit more about the role of fire and sequoias. And then also just how much the park service and partners have done over the years to protect these giant trees. I mean, it looked like you were They were like big burritos. <laughs> the way you guys wrap them up. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Because I think it it's, it's something for us to all learn and understand um, how much the park service does in, protection of fire and um, also this is an ongoing thing for you up there, really.
1: Yeah, so, you know, up until recently, we didn't really attribute uh, giant sequoia mortality to fires, uh, fires were felt to be very beneficial for the health of sequoias and even, you know, the...
0: Uh, 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike?
1: you know, baby sequoias need fire, you know, the the cones need fire uh, to open up and create little seedlings. But due to the intensity of the fires the last few years, that's what's driving, that's what's really killing our giant sequoias. And so we've lost, you know, between 15 to I think it was 19% of all giant sequoias in the world just in the last two fires, with the, the biggest impact coming from the Castle Fire in 20. In 2020 and so that has been a big wake-up call for us and looking to see what can we do and how do we expedite more uh, fire management in the parks because prescribed fires and fire is necessary and we do need to, and there are just other tools that we need to start implementing as quickly as we can to protect the rest of the remaining mm-hmm. the, the you know the 80 82 percent of the remaining um is that right? Is my math right? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is not a
2: math test. Don't go there with us. (laughs) We're not going to be any help.
1: (laughs) You know, we're just trying to do as much as we can and really looking at the effects of the last two fires and what can we do differently? And so the fire structure wrap that was used on a few of our uh, most iconic sequoias, like the General Sherman tree, the Four Guardsmen, some of these trees that you can't mess on your drive up to Giant Forest. Uh, it did uh, prove successful. We we were able to, you know, protect the bases of those trees and we were really trying to cover up the fire scars that were already existing on those trees to not, uh, you know, allow for flames to go into the tree and, and burn from the inside. Oh. And so, so that's the picture, you know, the picture of the General Sherman tree was one of our most popular photos from this last year's fire. Um, and it was just only one of the many tools that we were using during the fire, you um, to try to protect and do what we could. Thankfully, Giant Forest has a really great history of prescribed fire. And so that's really what ended up stopping the fire from damaging any more of the area in Giant mm. Forest was the history of prescribed fire and getting that treatment over, over the last you know, few decades. Uh, mm. But the structure rep did also help.
2: I wonder if you're gonna have different wildflowers this year, you know, but I also know it burned really fast and really hot so it may really even change the system ecosystem a bit but we've been through a lot of wildfires Nancy and I and and in natural areas and in California and where we thought nothing would come back it did things that you didn't see for years popped up and Mm -hmm. some plants just came back and it was just a really different kind of experience so I'm wondering if that's going to be kind of an interesting thing this year during spring and summer as you know flowers normally start to bloom and vegetation starts to green up if we're going to see different plants?
1: I think we will and I think we're already starting to see a little bit of that. Thankfully we had what's called a mosaic uh, burn effect so there were areas that definitely did have a higher intensity burn go through them but other areas with lighter to medium intensity fire where it will actually be beneficial for, for the ecosystem and Uh, other plants in that area. And so, and there are some plants that do really well with recovering from fire. And so I think we'll start to see a little bit of that, those effects here in the, in the spring and, and hopefully it'll be a really great wildflower season.
2: Mm. Your wildflower season goes on forever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's It's extended
1: to the elevation gain. You know, you, you start early in the foothills, but then you're able to you know, then experience the dogwoods, you know, more towards May, uh, heading up into giant forests. And it's as the snow starts to melt and things start to warm up at higher elevations, we just are able to extend it a little bit longer here.
2: Hmm. What about birds and wildlife? Because I know a lot of people... You know, travel just for that, and especially birders will come with their list. We, I mean, I couldn't believe we saw hummingbirds in the middle of the forest and mm-hmm. the woodpeckers, and I mean, it, it just seems so alive in there. Uh, what are what are some of the highlights, do you think, for visitors coming for birds and wildlife, bears?
1: <laughs> bears. It's our number one request is what time, you know, do the bears come out or what time can we see the
2: bears? <laughs> they come so, out just for, you know, picnic time.
1: <laughs> yep we have a bear program that, you know, and, and yeah. at, at sunset. Uh, I tell people to come, you know, as early in the morning as they can. Not only will you skip the lines at the entrance station, but you drive up. It's a pretty calm, you know, way to get up the hill to Giant Forest, to Grant Grove. It's quieter. I mean, it doesn't really start to get busy until after 10 or 11 o'clock. And so you have really a really good couple hours in the morning to go out to Crescent Meadow. Go to these meadows, go to these areas. You have a better chance for wildlife sightings. It's really quiet. There's plenty of parking. You get to go to these main attraction sites. And just have these areas mostly to yourself because not very many, it's, you know, it's quite a bit of, it's quite a drive to get up there from if you're staying in a hotel or lodge down below. And so if you're able to, if you're an early morning riser, or if you are able to stay later in the day and do sunset up in the parks, those are the two best times of day where it's less busy, it's quiet and better wildlife sighting all around.
2: Mm. Also in the midweek to go in midweek too, to avoid crowds is another- We've been very lucky. Um, we've seen mm-hmm. bear, we've seen deer, all kinds of birds. Um, but we got we, you know, we'd stay down the hill, you know, and go up and mm-hmm. just, I mean, we've watched the sunrise, like you know, mm-hmm. just going, wow, this is really cool because it changes because you're going up the mountain. It just the lighting changes. We've seen bears play, you know, babies and crescent meadow, the crescent baby meadow.
1: They're so adorable. Oh. Yeah, do you know seeing just- them climb around the logs and. But don't
2: feed them. No playing with the bears. They're just cute.
1: stay far, far away from our (laughs) our wildlife. Uh, I think, yeah, we got a complaint one year that there was a bear on a trail and that, you know, the bear seemed to be lost and, you know, wasn't affecting their experience. And, you know, well, well... you're in the bear's, home. <laughs> yeah. this is the bear's home. What's a bear doing in the forest? Why is there a bear on trail?
2: <laughs> That's so funny. That, that is, is what, funny. That's what? one of our favorite experiences there in uh, mm. Crescent Meadow. There's always this uh, couple babies out there, baby deer. And ba- it's like a baby
1: land. That's like the nursery of the park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So It's a good what reminder about- to people wonder, you know, can they bring their pets or their dogs with them? And, you know, we have so much wildlife in these parks. It's a, one of the main reasons why we don't allow dogs on trail or pets on trails is we, you know, you just never know. You, you are if you want to bring your dog it they'll have to stay in your vehicle or within a parking lot it's really oh, not bed. a great experience for your pets so we mm. you know it's not a if you're coming to camp and you're only staying in you know kind of these you know more bu- in these busier areas at your campsite and in the parking lots and you don't plan on going on many walks and you just want to hang out there with your with your pets that's fine but uh, always keeping them on leash always picking up after them but you just, you know, wildlife and, and pets are not a good, good combo. And it yeah. does
2: get hot up there, believe it or not. It's one of those mm-hmm. places when you hike, you want to wear your jacket. Cause it's, even if it's summer, it'll be cool in the morning. And then all of a sudden it'll be,
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh my gosh, really hot. And if you leave your dog in the car, I mean, that's, that's, that's a no, you know, no, you know you know what I mean? You don't want to close your window. It can get hot there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've made the mistake every single time because we end up on the trails looking for wildlife and, we still have not done Morrow Rock. And I don't know if my legs want to do Morrow Rock, but I know that it's one of those you things- You can do it. I must <laughs> do it. You know, so tell, So we've always left it till the end of, it's like, you're done. You've been hiking all day. Now let's go do Morrow Rock. And we're like, it's not happening.
1: No. That's <laughs> so- a good start Start of the day type of hike. You know, It's maybe do sunrise from the top of Morrow Rock. That would be really special or mm. or sunset. But yeah, maybe not after a really long day of, of hiking and walking around the park. Yeah.
2: So at Marlboro Rock, how, how isn't it like two or 300 stairs or 600 or something? I don't, my legs I don't, don't the want exact,
1: to. It's, yeah, it's definitely a couple hundred uh, steps, but it, you know, there's little pullouts along the way with some uh, park, you know, there's reading material along the, the trail so you can pull out and be really interested in reading and <laughs> take your time reading and catch breath and then keep going a little bit higher and, uh, yeah, just pull over and let people go around you. You just take it at a, at your own pace. I think that's what a lot of our our trails and areas are. Is just make it your own experience. Don't rush through anything and and take your time. When
2: you do get to the top of Morrow Rock, is it true you can see Mount Whitney?
1: Or is that I more from Kings Canyon? There. Yeah. You know, I've only been up there once myself. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and yes. How much <laughs> reading did you do? I <laughs> may have to join you, Lisa. <laughs> okay, okay, let's do it. Yeah, because I
2: heard that because you really do have the views, you know, depending on the day. I mean, and so I mean the deepest canyons, you know, really tall granite rock. I mean, it's just I think King's Canyon would just touch on that too, because Zumwalt Meadow to me is probably one of the neatest high. It's not It gets a little bit, I think we have to climb over a few rocks here and there, as I recall, but it is one of those hikes that for a challenge, like a little bit of a challenge for a family will give you that little bit of a bite of a challenge, but not kill you, you know. In a
1: short distance. Yeah. And you get, you know, you have the the river and you go through this nice forest shaded area. And then you go over the, you know, the granite rocks. And it's just, it's a really good short mix of these different elements and, and it's a pretty, pretty quick, you know, little hike. It's not very long. And
2: yeah, mm. it's, it's
1: a hidden jump. Cedar Grove is one of my favorite areas, just being down and that you just look up on both sides and see the, the Canyon and the drive mm. through the forest service. A lot of people don't realize that you know, you go through Grant Grove and Kings Canyon national park, but then really that scenic drive is all through the, through the, the forest. forest service as you're approaching Cedar Grove and Um, They have Boyden Cavern and, you know, Grizzly Falls. And we have all these great features along the way, but it's, it's the best drive.
2: And Hume Lake. Don't miss out. Hume Lake is cool. Hume
1: Lake. Oh, you have to go to Hume Lake and make that stop and get some ice cream and it's beautiful <laughs> yeah and surprise <laughs> and watch the ducks because they all trees. have their
2: butts up in the air when they're out you know diving down and you get up there and you're like what are those things oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know and and there's the big trees too where you can actually crawl through a tree you know there's all of that there's a the tunnel log um one thing nancy and i haven't done is mineral
1: cane mm-hmm. so
2: that is that opening up this year know. and
1: that will open up this it's planned to open this year uh it's you know, another, you know, pretty high elevation area. And so I think uh, the snow melts a little bit later there, but going in the summer, uh, you can go pretty late in the summer and still it feels like spring up there. It's one of those, you know, areas where it gets a, a late wildflower bloom um, in Mineral King just because it takes a little bit longer for that snow to melt because it's a little bit cooler up um, in that at that elevation. But another, another hidden gem, the road, You know, it's it's bumpy and it's not great for. You need a high clearance vehicle um, recommended (laughs) if you're driving up that way. But again, it's once you're up there, it's pretty magical. And it's one of our. You know, it's one of those places where you have great access to wilderness trails. You get up there and you're able to access wilderness pretty quickly. Oh, and marmots. And marmots. They're so cute. They're just like little prairie dogs, you know. Little forest, prairie,
2: dogs. We like. Look out
1: for your backpack and your snacks. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yes.
2: Okay, and that. Oh, speaking of that, is like if you have a bunch of food, you want to put it in the bear thingies, right? So that the bears don't go Mm. hunting in the car.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no leaving coolers out. No, you know, even visible inside your car. You know, there have been times when you know bears will approach a vehicle and and get Mm. into it and. They're able to, it's pretty easy for them to, to break into your car. So keeping Mm. everything, if you do need to have a cooler or food in your vehicle, putting that in your trunk uh, Mm. where it's not as visible and harder to smell. If you're going to be in your picnic area or campsite using those bear boxes that are there, the brown boxes. If you're parking in an area like Crescent Meadow, there are bear boxes next to the parking lot, plenty of them. So you can put your things away if you're going to have a little longer of a hike. Uh, but and not just food, sunscreen, uh, toiletries, anything with a scent, uh, we recommend putting putting away
2: all those bare necessities. Really good sense of smell. I uh-huh. mean, I think they can smell them from yeah. a long, long way, and they're like, "Ooh, copper tone."
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're big fans of baby car seats because there's so many crumbs and things that get tucked uh-huh. into car seats. So if you have one of those in your car, maybe consider putting that in the trunk as well.
2: Oh, <laughs> I never thought of that. You know, we yeah. I think the first time we got there, we stayed at a bed and breakfast in Three Rivers and um, right there at the, by the entrance. And the innkeeper lady said, you need to take everything out. You need, and I'm like, well, okay. She even made me, I had this French fry, fast food French fry that I had in the car. since One fry. One fry as an, exp- and now I have, And I think another one and a cheese it, they have not, they don't change appearance for years. So you've got to wonder about what we're eating, you know, and we're not big (laughs) on fast food, but it's sometimes on the road. That's it, you know, and this Mm -hmm. French fry had fallen down and I noticed nothing changed and, and she made me take it out. She says, I don't care. That your science experiment has to go. So my three-year science experiment (laughs) with that French fry never changed. But she said, "No, you know what? That will be the end of your experiment and your car. You'll want in, you know. But yeah, you know Mm -hmm. that's the thing. I don't want to scare people, but also understand like this: you are in their home, and there are all these tools to keep you safe and keep your food, you know, taken care of too. Because nobody wants someone to steal
1: their lunch." so yeah Yeah, we don't want our bears to become aggressive you know once they become food conditioned you know it's so much easier to just get easy access to a cooler and know that you're going to be fed if you go into a certain area so why try going and doing your natural hunting and get you know foraging and and so Mm -hmm. and they become aggressive over time and then ultimately there have been times where we've had to kill a bear because they've become aggressive towards visitors because Visitors have conditioned them with easy access to food, and so ultimately, we really want to protect our wildlife and and our visitors alike. Uh, Mm. We know they're cute, and we know it's really tempting to to take a great picture of them and bring them close. You know, lure them in with a little snack, and you think that a small snack is not going to be do that much damage. But think of all the other visitors who are doing the same thing, and it's just conditioning Mm. over time.
2: You know, it's um, the hikes that we've been on and and the bears we've seen, it's been early in the morning. We've seen them on big trees, trail, Crescent Meadow, even just on the road into the park on the main general highway, but just, and in the picnic areas, but even been on foot, you just, if you just sit still and, and just stay put and don't do anything, don't freak them out. Just even don't even start making loud sounds with your cameras and, don't try to get close. Um, they just kind of sniff, look at you and go, all right, whatever, and move yeah. on. Mm-hmm. That's kind of been mm-hmm. our experience. We did come across a mom and babies. And they bailed. Yeah, they that was bailed. cool. They bailed. And you do want to get, who but she bailed and she took her cubs and you don't go yeah. running after them. That's a no-no. But they were getting the grubs in the trees. And we didn't know that until later in the visitor center. You know, it's like we did things backwards again because we got all stuck in there. But they, they were scratching the grubs out of the dead trees. It was fall season. And, man, that yeah. sound, you don't ever want to mess with them once you hear that sound because you realize that's their claws in the bark. That's anyway. Some the power behind mm. that paw with the claws. Some
1: <laughs> real power. Yeah.
2: yeah. So very cool. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining us. It's been a real pleasure having you back. And we can't wait for everyone to go enjoy National Park Week and everyone that's for parks across the country. Right. This celebration. That's right. Every mm-hmm. April it happens. So April 16th through 24th. But the park is open. Go play with the big Yay. trees. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always say, who doesn't want to take a family photo? That should be your family portrait of everyone hugging a tree. You know, so yeah. um, everyone again, the website is nps.gov. Forward slash SEKI for the National Park Service. And also, they're on Facebook and all those great places. And also, when you're planning your journey, go to discoverthesequoias.com. And again, we are here talking about Tulare County, the parks, the forests, all of that good stuff every first Thursday here on Big Blend Radio. And you can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you
1: for having me.